Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. In your 30s, think you're ready for a financial advisor. Well, you could be in for a surprise. If you don't have more than 50000 to invest, many old-fashioned advisors don't want your business. However, a growing range of digitally-based companies do, and Iona Bain, author of the Young Money blog, is here to tell us more. Crowdfunding is another form of investing that's proving incredibly popular with young people. We'll be chatting to Nikki Ascari about how it works, the risks involved, and what a unicorn is. And finally, James Max is here to talk about his latest Rich People's Problems column, Brexit Has Ruined His Dinner Parties. Welcome to The Money Show, the FT's weekly podcast about personal finance and investing. I'm Claire Barrett, FT Money Editor, bringing you all of this week's money news. Listeners might feel that their finances are getting to the stage where they could benefit from talking to a financial advisor about investing, pensions and planning for the future. But in a recent survey, half of all independent financial advisors said they would not be able to take on a client if they had less than £50,000 to invest. Where does that leave younger investors? Joining me now is Iona Bain, author of the Young Money blog, who's written all about this issue in FT Money this week. Welcome, Iona. Hi there. So why is the typical financial advice firm's business model not compatible with taking on younger or less wealthy clientele? Well, research shows that most advisors prefer a percentage charging model. And what that means is if you have £10,000 to invest and you pay 1% or 2%, which is not atypical as a fee to your financial advisor, it doesn't take a genius to work out that that advisor is going to be more inclined to take on a client who's got £100,000 than, say, your typical 20 or 30-something who's lucky to have four or five figures in the bank to invest. And it's understandable advisors have high overheads. Regulation hasn't helped as well because, for the most part, commission is banned behind the scenes. And, and that's a good thing because it means we're not being pushed into buying products that might not be right for us. But at the same time, it means advisors have to find another way to charge. And that means upfront fees, which can be too expensive for a lot of young people. Now, people describe this as an advice gap, mm. but fintech firms sense an opportunity. What's, what kind of things are they offering? Yes, technology, as ever, is trying to swoop in to save the day for younger people, and with varying results, it has to be said. So you've got, firstly, robo-advisors, which sounds a little bit like you're going to R2-D2 for financial help. It's a rather strange name for what is essentially digital wealth planning. So you download an app, you fill in a questionnaire, you say what your attitude to risk is, you outline your goals, how much you've got to invest, how long you want to invest for, and then they put together a portfolio for you. And the idea is you just invest in that, get on with your life, and they do the magic for you. 
Now, that is one approach, but another approach that's emerging is to offer just very low-cost DIY investing. So this has been around for a a while Mm. now. We've got Hargreaves, obviously, is a giant in the market, but now we've got more millennial-friendly models offering very low-cost, cheap investing. So you can pick your own trades. um, You can do passive investing. And so now there's a divide opening up between people who advocate low-cost, passive tracker investing as a way to make your money grow in the long term and maybe that slightly more sophisticated model where you put your money in the hands of a robo-advisor, they take that money and they put it into a portfolio that they think will do better in the long term. And as you point out in your article, there's an important difference between these types of advice and Mm. words that listeners might encounter on their search are guidance and full-blown advice. Yes. So there is a very pedantic but important distinction between guidance and regulated advice. So unless you have all the qualifications and you've had the approval from the regulator, you cannot say you're offering advice. And any firm that does is breaching rules. So if you go online and you get any sort of information that's not from a regulated advisor, it's guidance. So if you use the Money Advice Service, confusingly, that's not actually financial advice. Well, they've it's had to change guidance. the name, haven't they? Indeed, yeah. they have to the Money and Pension Service, the much more exciting, glamorous name. And so that is what is also confusing lots of young people because some may only need guidance. I mean, let's face it, if you're in your 20s or 30s and you haven't got on the housing ladder yet, maybe your main outgoings are rent and holidays and avocado brunches, then you're not necessarily going to need to see a financial advisor. You just need some tips and tricks for how to make your money last. But if you do get on the housing ladder or you start to build up some investable money... Some spare cash. Yeah, yeah. then then maybe you need a bit more than guidance. Maybe you can't do it all on your own necessarily just because all the information is out there on the internet. Now, I would say we've made your article free to read Mm -hmm. online because we like to give back um, at the FT, ft ft.com slash money. And Iona's article is called Millennials Searching for Financial Advice. And that contains lots and lots of information, which Mm -hmm. I would encourage you to to read and lots of information about the the apps and the different companies that are doing things. But also there's nearly 100 reader comments. And what I loved about this was that there were older readers on there saying, oh, you young'uns. Yes, Um, yes, yes. (laughs) Listen to hear what I have to say. So I'm going to, we'll start with the, the, the older ones and then mm-hmm. we'll go on to a younger one so khu auckland says go to your local bookshop and purchase a simple book on investing directly in the stock market that's his or her advice learn the basics read the annual reports of companies whose shares you are considering read the business pages of newspapers not the sports pages well, if, you, <laughs> if you read the ftu of course um, we don't have any sports pages mm. so invest steadily over time they continue you really don't need financial advisors it makes it sound so simple yeah <laughs> but also a lot of people don't necessarily want to you know take the risk of investing in in single stocks and and also that's quite a time consuming approach there i mean i don't know that many people who've got lots of time to go to the library or to be reading up extensively on individual companies and how their shares are doing some people are really into it yeah um so you know go ahead another ft reader called pnw reviewer says i can't believe this article didn't mention a random walk down wall street which has been a quasi bible for investors for decades um, this is like a 25 or so years old yeah. book about investing it does contain some quite good lessons but again you don't necessarily need to read a book to get started my favorite comment also the favorite 
comment from our readers, which mm. had more than 35 likes, because you can now like things um, <laughs> on the Etsy website. It's like Facebook. It's just Brilliant. like Facebook, except more polite um, <laughs> and with better spelling. Um, Umbongo says, other than complex tax planning, what do IFAs have to say that is beyond the following? We've got a little list here, so you, yeah. you butt in, Iona, when you okay. want to say I agree or disagree. Right, so here are the 10 golden rules, according to Umbongo. Yeah. Um, have a cash buffer. That Very makes sensible. a lot of sense. Prioritise debt reduction. Again, you don't need to go to an advisor. And actually, if you've got debts, that's the priority. That yeah, because you're probably going to be paying more on your debt repayments than you are going to earn in interest or on your investment. Diversified, that's classic, isn't it? You can't really argue with that. Aim for growth above inflation. Well, that's easier said than done. I think a lot of people will be very pleased if they were getting that at the moment. Buy index ETFs, watch out for fees. I feel like this is tending towards this um, argument for passive tracker investing, which a lot of uh, comments were very strongly in favour of. And and that makes sense. It's an age-old, timeless debate, really, in the industry. It just goes to show some things never change. Compound interest helps, absolutely. Try to avoid timing markets and looking at your investment values too often. Yes, a watched kettle never boils. Know what you are aiming for and utilise ISAs and other tax perks. So some very sound advice in there, actually. Yeah, I'm not surprised that more than 30 readers Um, You're good. And Bongo, if you're out there, do get in touch with us because we'd love to involve you more Mm, in the money section in in future and find out what your real name is. Give me an email, money at ft.com. But thank you very much there to Iona Bain. You can hear more from Iona on her Young Money blog, which is well worth checking out. And don't forget her article, Where Millennials Turn To for Financial Advice, is free to read on our website now, ft.com slash money. You could even send it to a young person who you think needs a helping hand with their finances. Still to come, how Brexit ruined James Max's dinner party. But first, the concept of crowdfunding really appeals to younger investors. But what are the risks and will they find a unicorn? Joining me now in the studio is Niku Asgari, FT reporter who has been looking into this trend. Welcome back, Niku. Hello. So tell us first, what is crowdfunding and how does it work? Well, the clue is in the name. Crowdfunding is a way for businesses to raise money from the crowd. So instead of going down to the more traditional path of angel investment or private equity, businesses sign up to websites. And in the UK, there are three main ones, Crowdcube, Cedars and Syndicate Room. And on there, they post videos, they explain what their business is, how much they're looking for, what their valuation is, all sorts of financial information, information about the product. And then investors, usually young people, which is what the basis of my um, article is about, they put money in. You can start with as little as £10 or invest as much as you want in these businesses online. So tell us what the elusive unicorn is all about. So a business unicorn, much like, I was going to say a real unicorn, but they're not real. Um, <laughs> it's a mythical rarity. Um, it's a startup valued at over $1 billion. Brewdog, Monzo and Revolut are three well-known businesses that became unicorns. They blossomed into unicorns through crowdfunding. So all these businesses grew from raising money from the crowd on these websites and now are valued at over £1 billion. However, there are very few companies on crowdfunding platforms who actually return any money to shareholders. Like you might get some beers or, you know, some money off a a coffee shop Mm. that you've invested in, some kind of loyalty bonus. But that doesn't seem to be putting younger investors off, does it? Quite the opposite. From 2016 to 2018, the number of 18 to 24-year-olds investing on Crowdcube is nearly quadrupled, which is a surge not seen in any other age group. And not only that, but the amount that young investors are investing is also rising. So in 2016, the average 18 to 24-year-old put just over £306 into a business on Crowdcube. 
but by 2018, this has nearly quintupled to 1,500, just over 1,500 pounds, um, which is a lot of money, I think, for someone my age, really. And this is in complete contrast with the overall average investment made on Crowdcube, which fell from about £1,700 to £1,300 across the same period. Which is very interesting, because as you say, there's no guarantee that you're going to get this money back mm-hmm. or that the company will succeed, because yeah. obviously early stage companies often often go wrong. Mm-hmm. But what did you deduce from all the people you spoke in, to the article that was drawing them to invest? Because they're not stupid, um, these people. They're aware of the risks, but they are drawn mm-hmm. to this type of investing. Yeah, I spoke to a few young investors, and firstly, they found crowdfunding really, really exciting. They were genuinely really, really interested in the businesses that they were investing in, um, whether it be Brewdog and the beers that they were making or Grind, selling coffees. They genuinely understood the purpose and the fact that the business is tangible. So you can see, for example, a card or some beers or some ice cream, um, which is much more interesting than investing through your pension or in a stocks and shares ISA somewhere far, far away. The stock market is doing something, but you don't really understand what it's doing. So firstly, yeah, they truly, genuinely were interested in what they're investing in. And also, secondly, the fact that the investors knew, they know what they're doing. As you said, they're not stupid. They're not just chucking in £1,500 to some random business. They have investments in stocks and shares, in pensions, in cash ISAs. And this is just sort of an added extra. The young investors I spoke to, they all said that they don't put in money. They only put in what they can afford to lose. Yeah, they see this as, a, as an alternative that will sit alongside more traditional investments. Well, thanks very much there to Nikki Asghari. You can read her article, Crowdfunding in Search of the Next Apple or Facebook, now on ft.com slash money. And I'll, I'll let you into a little secret. We very nearly made the headline of this piece, Chasing a Unicorn. Yeah. That was it until a, a more worldly wise sub-editor than me told us that it actually meant something very, very rude. <laughs> <laughs> so our blushes were spared. Thank you very much to Nikki. Now, without further ado, I have Mr. James Max, our Rich People's Problems columnist, sitting next to us in the studio. Now, oh, hi. <laughs> oh, I've hi. been quiet all this he's time. Been itching. He's been itching to get on the microphone. Now, I don't know about you, but with a few days to go until proverbial Brexit day, we're all getting incredibly worried about what's going on in Parliament. But we'll leave it to Seb Payne on the FT's excellent politics podcast to debate the intellectual and constitutional points. We want to talk about a more domestic concern, don't we, James? Namely, how Brexit is ruining the nation's dinner parties, the subject of your column last week. And this is because you don't know what is going to happen. None of us do. And yet there seem to be people on both sides of the argument who are absolutely certain that they are right. And they are certain that they are right because they voted that way and they either really care about the future of, you know, a nation that fought off Nazism and all these other things and couldn't possibly do it alone and da-da-da and therefore this new, this is why Europe was founded, the EU was there and da-da-da and we must be part of it and you can only reform from within and yes, we recognise there are are a few problems, blah-blah-blah. Gosh, you've been at a lot of dinner parties recently, I can tell. (laughs) No, I've just been presenting speech-based radio for the last 15 years and this is all anybody can talk about. Uh, Alternatively, the, the flip side to that is no we've tried that experiment we want to get out it's time to get out and it and yes there's some short-term pain but the longer term is better because then in a globalized world which is where we are heading uh, it really doesn't matter whether you're part of a eu club or any other club you've just got to make sure that people are clever people are smart people are able to work differently or indifferently and and across borders and you're able to do that internationally and 
If and that's I, the point. If I was at one of your dinner parties, I might to attempt uh, to stop people from picking up their steak knives and, and attacking one another, try and turn the conversation towards, say, uh, house prices or maybe even type of wine we're drinking. But even that doesn't work. No, it doesn't work, because the thing is that as soon as you get on to wine, uh, you end up with discussing, well, are the prices going to go up after Brexit? Will you be able to drink French champagne? Of course you're going to be able to drink French champagne. But guess what? There are a few other, you know, delicious things out there. I mean, one person did say, you know, whilst reading the article, they said, thank you very much indeed for this. Can you get any decent English wines? And they sort of started going off in that sort of conversation. And actually, yes, you can. There are some, particularly whites, which are quite good. Mm. The red's not so good. Some of the sparklings in a in a taste test, they will win against some of the biggest champagne houses. So don't diss the British, you know, fizz, sparkle and alcoholic beverage. Delicious. Well, well Camel Valley, I have to say in Cornwall, that's well worth a, a trip. But well, any opportunity to use the word camel. Yes, indeed. Because they can be used in so many different ways in which <laughs> way you can find entertaining and, and amusing ways in, in which to talk about camels. Uh, but, you know, in terms of um, these discussions, I mean, this one, for example... Moddy Do said, I've, I've yet to meet a real-life Remainer who is willing or even capable of engaging in a rational discussion. Seriously, admitting you voted to leave is like sticking their hand in an electric socket. They just sit there gibbering and muttering about gammon, lies, second referendum, you'll all soon be dead anyway. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that it provoked online. It's absolutely extraordinary. Well, you, I mean, you, you broke all records in terms of reader comments with this, with this, with this column. There were over 400, and I have to say, I, I nearly had a wetting accident on Monday morning reading through... <laughs> Some of your responses. <laughs> well, the thing is that I decided that with this, uh, you, you have to be a little bit light-hearted. And I have admitted, I know no more than anybody else about what may or may not happen. I don't think anybody expected the Speaker to come up with something from 1740 or whatever it was to, you know, absolutely stop the process. I mean, this is where the up. political class, and this is perhaps where there is some agreement at the dinner party, is political class has never been more divorced from the rest of the nation. But then on the other hand, they do reflect the rest of the nation, because I think anybody, regardless of which side you are, if you don't think that we are split as a nation, then uh, you clearly are in cloud cuckoo land. And then the other thing, I suppose, is that if you don't think that the European Union is entirely and completely fed up with us as a result of we have wasted a thousand days of their time, Mm. you know, this is this is a major issue for which the the chasms and splits are not going to go anywhere. And it is completely reflected within some of the most hilarious comments I've ever read. I mean, seriously, the article pales pales into I mean, even right at the top, it says if I have a problem for James or with James, you know, there are a whole range of people who have got involved and said uh, this is guy this guy is smart mention brexit and get 300 plus comments for what is a waste of pen and ink <laughs> and what did you reply and to i that replied one? uh lucky it's typed online then <laughs> uh and then this one says uh that's right though isn't it draft some pointless tripe column and attempt to make it topical by throwing in some banal yet potentially controversial comments when complete wait two weeks and repeat and i said oh no i've been rumbled <laughs> except this is the first time I've written about this subject. But let's not let a good fact get in the way of a good moan. Well, yes. And uh, I have to say, lots of the readers commented about your solution to Brexit division around the dinner table, which was a form of toffee-flavoured vodka yes. called Thunder. Well, that's absolutely correct, because I just thought, if you have a dinner party, there are all sorts of ingredients which make it good. Look, you can either diss or or, or not the, the various solutions that people... 
have come up with in terms of what they like or what they don't like. I personally like to have something, you know, traditional main starters, whatever, and then go into the mains, go into the pudding and then have, you know, something afterwards. This thing called Thunder, various people said, oh, it's product placement. Product placement means they need to rung me up, sent some over, which they haven't, uh, and said, you know, uh, come on and mention it. And here, by the way, here's a bung. I'm not some kind of, you know, millennial vlogger on online. It doesn't work like that. No, I no. just happen to. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, uh, did I say that out loud? All oh, the filters gone. Mm, I must have been up this early this morning. Uh, but, you know, this is this is one of those things that it's. Toffee vodka is is delicious, it's great fun, and it'll have people dancing on the table, not within it. But we did have some recommendations saying it's all very well going and buying it, but if you've got some spare Murray mints, or you've got some spare Mars bars, or you've got some spare pear drops at home, what you can do is you get a bottle of vodka, you take a little bit out of the top, mm, uh, and then you pop them into the clear vodka, you make sure the lid is really fast and closed, you stick it in the dishwasher at a high heat, What? (laughs) and then it'll turn it into a flavoured vodka now and i had a lovely discussion online about this because i remember doing that when i was a youth and we used to go on uh, ski trips and stuff that's how you made flavoured vodka particularly with mars bars it's absolutely delicious so all i can recommend is forget brexit <laughs> go and buy some cheap voddy clear up your you know your either your hard sweets or your, your mars bars or something else go and make some flavoured vodka and you've had a few glasses of that You'll forget what's going on around us. <laughs> It'll be lovely. We'll all have a nice, relaxed time. And, you know, as obviously it's a safe, safe environment at home. And just, you know, collapse on the sofa in a heap. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I give you James Max giving his solutions to rich people's problems. We will drop uh, T May a line to see um, what she thinks of the thunder. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. What a, a stormer it has been. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can email me at money at ft.com. You can follow us on Twitter for breaking news alerts at FT Money. We will be back next week at the usual time. Goodbye. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustoleum. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.